welcome to the Speak Up Talk Radio Network. I am Pat Rulo. We specialize in author interviews, audiobook and podcast production, as well as the prestigious Firebird Book Awards. We also feature our fun and short podcast that allows authors to record their own writing tip to share on our very own Boom Bang Oh My Gosh Wow podcast, which you will find right along with the rest of our offerings at speakuptalkradio.com. But for now, I'm thrilled to share a recent Firebird Book Award winning author with you. She is Marty Eberhardt, and her winning book is titled Death in a Desert Garden. Marty directed botanical gardens in Tucson and San Diego and spent many years as a nonprofit staff member, board member, and consultant. She now delights in using the right side of her brain to write fiction and poetry. Death in a Desert Garden is her first novel although she has published several poems and prose pieces. She divides her time between the small mountain town of Silver City, New Mexico, and Tucson, Arizona, hiking and enjoying the flora and fauna of both habitats. She lives with her husband, Phil Hastings, and a dog, and she spends as much time as possible with her children and grandchildren. I'm so happy to learn more. Welcome to the network, Marty. Thank you for having me on. Well, it's my pleasure, and I have to say before we get into your book, that I love both of your hometowns. I had a home for years at the base of the Superstition Mountains in Arizona, and I visited your botanical gardens in Tucson so many times and just just loved it there. And back in the day, I owned an American Indian art gallery and spent quite a lot of time in New Mexico on buying trips. And I think I'm remembering correctly, is there a copper mine that produced turquoise um, back in the day, the Tyrone mine near Silver yeah, City? Yeah, well, it didn't produce turquoise. It was copper. And then there's the Santa Rita mine, too, which, uh, yeah, this this was, although it's called Silver City, copper was the, right. still is the big metal. Right. I do know, though, that there was some exquisite turquoise that was found in the Tyrone mine, I think. Report owns it or Phelps Dodge or one of them owns it now. And so they don't preserve the turquoise. They just, they pull out the copper, but turquoise was considered the secondary mineral. So if anybody has a piece of turquoise from the Tyrone mine near Silver City, then they've got a rare piece of stone. You know, and that's interesting because the there also was a lot of turquoise um, found in a mine near Mule Creek here. And supposedly the, the root of Native Americans from the Aztecs all the way up to Chaco Canyon went through this area to get turquoise. Yes. Yeah, they, I think that Silver City followed a route towards Morency, and there's some beautiful turquoise out of Morency. Yeah, that makes sense. Yep. Oh, I love it there. So that's not far from Tucson. What made you want to live in both places? Oh, well, um, I lived in Tucson for 22 years and always loved it. Then we moved to San Diego, but I guess I never really was a Southern Californian, although I love the ocean. (laughs) So when I retired, and now my husband's retired, we uh, decided to reorient to the Southwest. And we like the idea of being in a small town most of the time. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it has pretty much everything you need, plus 3.3 million acres of national forest. Yeah, it's so beautiful. I love New Mexico, so... Enjoy it for me. Okay, I will. (laughs) All right. Well, back to your book. Congratulations on winning the Firebird. That was exciting. It was super exciting. Yeah, a couple of them. Yes, that's Uh, right. It's 
the uh, the Western fiction one and also the second place for Cozy Mystery. Mm-hmm. Well, I enjoyed the book myself as well. And so before we delve into the content of the book, maybe just share a bit of your background, because I, I know that setting it in a desert garden speaks to your work. Oh, yeah. I um, I did direct a botanical garden in Tucson and, and one in San Diego. And when I was thinking about writing a mystery, I, I thought, well, where shall I set it? Oh, well, there's no doubt about where I should set it. And having worked in the nonprofit field pretty much my entire life, I knew that there are many, many motives for murder among the people who uh, work together, the boards and the staff and the volunteers. Um, so I thought, okay, well, um, I, I can talk about the setting, and I certainly can talk about the relationships. <laughs> so that's where I went. <laughs> I love how you pull from real life. So maybe give us a peek, give us a little tease as to what the book is about. Okay. Um, well, our protagonist is a 38-year-old single parent. And not only does she um, have to hold down a full-time job and take care of two kids, but she gets pulled into um, solving a mystery of whatever happened to the founder of the botanical garden who was hit by a falling eucalyptus branch. And it turns out it wasn't just sheared off in the wind. It actually was sawed off. And so it turns out that everybody on the board and the staff of this little botanical garden had a motive to kill this woman. And uh, B, our protagonist, um, is concerned because a couple of the people who look like they might get nailed for this crime are people she actually cares quite a bit about. So that's her motivation for getting involved. And it turns out also that the chief detective is um, an old buddy of hers. And so um, they trust each other. And she had an alibi. So she's she's uh, kind of the inside contact for the police detective uh, about this particular case. And uh, then what happens is that um, somebody keeps dropping the most bizarre botanical clues. And the detective's getting, getting pretty annoyed by this. Um, and she keeps asking me, what is this about? You know, what? Okay, tell me about roses. Tell me about the Torah. And uh, eventually, um, it, it keeps getting hotter and hotter and hotter and hotter because it's June. It's the monsoon season, but the monsoons aren't quite breaking yet. And so everyone's in a bad mood because of that and just waiting for it to rain because it's way too hot. And, uh, as as the monsoons are building, but not yet coming, so the plot is building and uh, not yet getting solved, and eventually it rains, and eventually the, the mystery is solved. <laughs> I love connecting all of, all of the tension with the impending monsoon. Yeah, I really wanted to do that because I feel like it's such a communal experience, mm-hmm. the, the monsoon experience. You know, everybody, everybody, it doesn't matter, who, you know, who you are, just who you see in the gas station or the grocery store. You can just turn to them and say, well, what do you think about the clouds over there? Do you think that it's going to produce, you know, everybody's focused mm-hmm. on it. And so, um, and people who don't know about it, 
it, you know, it's a good thing to uh, to experience, to hear about it. People who do know about it recognize it immediately. Oh, oh yes. It is such a spectacular feeling and experience. We lived right at the base of the Superstition Mountains, and often there would be waterfa- waterfalls during the monsoon. And so then you'd get all the people coming up to park in the driveways and all around the, the perimeter of the base of the mountain just to watch the, the waterfalls. And then the smell, I mean, you can't even, you can't even describe oh. how it smells. It's just fabulous. Yeah, there's been some recent research that, that smells that come out during the monsoons. There's about 60 plants that that constitute that smell and it does really truly we all knew this but scientifically it's been shown that it does have very strong psychological effects really i always thought it from from the uh-huh. i always thought it was creosote that's the one the primary one but mm-hmm. they're like a whole bunch of other plants too, oh, wow. like brittle bush mm-hmm. and mesquite for instance yep Oh, if you have any information on that, I'd love to read about that. Okay, I will. Um, I will send it to you. Excellent. Oh, thank it's in, you. It's in Desert Plants. It's an article in in Desert Plants, which is the journal of the Boyce Thompson Southwestern Arboretum. Oh, there's another wonderful place. I loved it there. Absolutely mm-hmm. wonderful. Spent a lot of time at Boyce. Thompson, and then a little Mexican restaurant in Superior on the way home, and that was a perfect day. <laughs> yeah, there's some really fine botanical gardens in Arizona. Desert Botanic Garden in Phoenix is also really wonderful. That's a fabulous one as well. I used to go every Wednesday and take Tai Chi there and then spend the rest of the afternoon just wandering around. So, And then Chihuly did a installation there for a while. That was so wonderful as well. I miss, mm-hmm. I miss it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All righty. Well, let's let's talk about your characters. Where do they come from? Well, um, <laughs> the protagonist bears a certain resemblance to me many decades ago, <laughs> and in fact, I was a single parent, and and I, I very much wanted to write about uh, being a single parent because I feel like they're an underwritten uh, group, probably because single parents don't have time to write. Um, and you have to do it years later. But um, anyway, she she bears a certain resemblance to me. The, and, the, you know, everybody else is a combination of different people that I um, that I met, you know, board members that I knew and uh, kind of uh, threw together. But um, there, I did have a board member, a former board president who read the book and and somebody asked if I had modeled someone on her, and she said, I said, no, not at all. And she said, I cannot tell you how relieved I am to hear that, Marty. <laughs> so, anyway. But, um, yeah, the, the Angus, who's the horticulturist, is, is actually modeled on a, he's the only one who really is a, a real person. If, if, if he were still alive, he died many years ago, but if he were still alive, he would be acting like this in the book. Oh, I'm glad you mentioned that because I was going to ask about the feedback from, say, some of your previous associates, what, what they thought of the book. Well, I think everybody, um, I actually went to a book club group where there was my former board president, someone who um, was executive director after me, 
and uh, someone who was the development director of the gardens who I actually hired. And so that was quite a group of people who knew about uh, the garden where I was, and they uh, and they all really liked it. Especially the board member liked it after she found out she wasn't a model. Uh, <laughs> so, I, so I think you know, folks in Tucson recognize Tucson in it, recognize the Sonoran Desert. I mean, I really did try to give people a sense of the of the beauty of the Sonoran Desert, but also the intense um, heat and and dangerousness of it. Um, you know, it, it, it's a very hottest time of the year. It actually is very dangerous. There's always a bit of uneasiness. I had a home also in Ohio, and we would go back and forth, and and just the sense of uneasiness with the scorpion situation and the rattlesnake being that we were at the base and at the desert that I didn't feel when I came back to Ohio. I didn't have to check all the drawers before I opened them to make sure there wasn't a scorpion in my clothes. So, But that's part of the the mystery and, and the intrigue and the charm, I think, of it as well. Absolutely. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Mm-hmm. And and the, and the primary dangerousness at the time of year that I'm writing about is, is just the heat. Heat. Mm-hmm. I mean, the heat can do you in. That's for sure. It's got to be quite hot. Oh, my gosh. So what's next? Are you writing any more books to follow up? I am. Mm-hmm. I, I am, and it's going to come out January 10th. It's uh, same publisher, Artemisia Publishing, which is a uh, little press based in Albuquerque. And um, this one is uh, takes place partly at Shanley Gardens, and it has the same protagonist and the same detective, but it, uh, it takes us over also to a small town in southwest New Mexico called Copperton. And uh, there is a... Um, it, it turns out it's called Bones in the Back 40, and uh, some old bones are found at the garden, and it turns out that um, it's an unsolved um, murder. And uh, so the murder takes people over to Copperton, where it turns out there's some connections between Copperton and, and Shanley Gardens in Tucson. <laughs> And and the book also involves um, kind of a subplot about archaeological looting. There's quite a lot of about archaeological looting in this book. Oh, ooh. was there much research involved then? Um, yeah, there was some research involved. I um, I am an archaeological site steward here in the Gila National Forest, and and a you know member of the amateur archaeological group here. So I. Um, I have some awareness, but I certainly am not a professional. So, yes, there was some research involved. Oh, I look forward to that. Thank you for sharing that. All right. Well, it's a short interview today. I want to make sure we're not missing anything, though, that you wanted to talk about. Oh, um, no, I think I think we pretty much covered the uh, the point. I mean, you know, if if people have said, you know, what did you want people to know about? And I wanted them to know about the desert. And we talked quite a bit about that. And I wanted them to know about how tough it is to be a single parent. And we right. talked about that. 
Um, and I wanted them to be surprised by the ending. Oh. And it seems like most people were pretty surprised by the ending. Oh. So, um, so that was that was fun. That was fun having that uh, little surprise for people. All right. Well, we'll leave it at that. They're going to have to read Death in a Desert Garden. So why don't you share your uh, contact information and website or wherever folks can go to find out more and to purchase the book? Yes. Um, MartyEberhart.com is my website, and that's spelled M-A-R-T-Y. E-B is in boy, E-R-H-A-R-D-T.com. And there's a contact form in there if you want to contact me. And uh, you can purchase the book, of course, on Amazon. But I um, encourage you to go to your friendly uh, local bookstore. Um, Many of them have it. And if they don't, encourage them to buy it. There you go. We want to support our small bookstores, don't we? We absolutely, absolutely do. All right, Marty Eberhardt, Death in a Desert Garden. Thank you for just giving us a little peek into your book and your life and your work. And we will stay tuned for your next book in January. So thank you so much for today. And thank you, Pat. I really enjoyed it.